0: you're listening to culture camp tune in each week to hear from an amazing lineup of athletes ceos founders and more who have created winning cultures in their organization each will share the secrets to creating a culture in your business that will lead you to thrive are you ready here's your host jason haugen
1: all right welcome back to another episode of culture camp i have my man, and I like Dan Martell, thank you so much for being on the Jason, show. Jason,
0: I'm pumped. I'm uh, I'm going to call my shot and say this will be one of the best podcasts you've ever done, interviews ever done. And I know the audience you've had and the, the guests is like top shelf, so that's a big uh, statement, but I'm here to give you 110%. I'm really, really excited. You are a
1: multi-entrepreneur. You are a serial entrepreneur, and right now you are, in my eyes, I think your best-selling book right now, you have Buy Your Time Back. Yeah. Um, and... If, you, if anybody watches my social media, I talk about it a lot It's literally changed the game for me. And we're going to get into how to effectively buy your time back because how you build a good culture is buying your time back and effectively being able to work on building a culture instead of just doing things that you shouldn't be working on, which you explain perfectly in the book. <laughs> Dan, your book came in my life at like the perfect moment. Um, You know, we were in Vegas. We met in Vegas, or ki- kind of like I met Sam. Your video, yeah. Friend, really, no, he told really me about you. He's like yeah.
0: Jason's really cool, and that's why I think I messaged you on Instagram right away. Yeah. I was like, dude, let's let's talk.
1: Yeah, and like we talked for like an hour, and I was like, man, you're like you're awesome, and like we actually connected, like hopped on a phone, just started talking, and it was just, it was just really really cool guy. So great great dude right there, and but so I started, I saw you promote your book. I'm, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy this book because I've been trying, like my goal in 2023 was become effective. Like how can I become the best CEO and the most effective CEO? Mm. And I knew that I shouldn't be working on some of the things that I was working on, but I didn't, there wasn't like a roadmap. And I, I, like, I don't know why I never really asked anybody, but then your book came in my life at the perfect moment. And I literally went to Hawaii, like two days after Vegas and read your entire book in Hawaii. And I was like, called my assistant and I was like, you need to read this book before I get back from Hawaii. And we are gonna work on our relationship like this. And so she's read your book, I read your book. Like, and How long re- had
0: you been working together for? So we've
1: been working together for a year and a half. See. And it's just this awkward. So finally, like she had been an executive assistant mm-hmm. for a massive gas station and oil company, the yeah. multi-billion dollar company um, to the president of that company. For eight years, and so when she came into my life, she was like telling me all these things, and I, I was a blocker. I was like, no, no, because no, I felt bad. Yeah, you know, having she a, had her things. way,
0: and you're like, no, I want to do it this way. Yeah, and, but it, yeah.
1: but like my way was kind of nothing. So yeah. she like, uh, I joke with her. I was like, you've had a year and a half vacation because you maybe worked ten hours a week. Yeah, wasn't and hard um, for her. Yeah, and she then she like got doing other things that had nothing to do with me. Like then she was helping other people. She Projects, was doing like. Yeah. Like documents for the company when we're opening up new dealerships and stuff, which which helped a lot, but had nothing to do with me. And so you know now, now like we read this book, she's like she almost was in tears, and she's like, "Finally, I get to be your assistant." And mm. I'm like, "Yes." And so we do everything that you do in the book. We we practice. I'm just uh, it, I'm so super thankful that you you I wrote the book because now everybody's scared because Jason's on a mission, and now I have the time and like the 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 mental capacity and the the clarity to be able to go and be effective because well, before it was, I was thinking about everything else that I shouldn't have been
0: thinking. And about. And, that, and that's the thing. I mean, I talk about it earlier in the book, like chapter three and four around like the time and energy audit, like right. the most powerful weapon is a CEO that's going from like things that light them up, light them up, light them up, that make money for the company. Right. Like that's literally what should the CEO do? Things that set him on fire that, cause then it's like conversation to conversation to conversation. And then it's like, so there's this amplification component and also things that make the company money, which unlocks resources to do more. Right, Man, don't pull a CEO into like operational meetings and day-to-day stuff. Like that's just not typically where they're going to create the most value. So like, you know- the 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 concept. Of, I was literally just talking about my, my, one of my best friends, Nick. You know, he's on his fourth assistant, but finally read the book, Chapter Six, Clone Yourself, which I because because I, I wasn't I wasn't gonna write that level of detail, but I was like, I can't mess it up because I've just had so many friends over the years hire these really talented people, but just not understand how to work with them. Right. So that's why I gave the inbox structure. I gave the the daily sync call, yeah. like four. I did everything. Yeah, like I
1: did the sync call. I did the email structure. I mean, if you look at my inbox right now. It says All, Jason X, like review, yeah. respond, like everything. And this is Sweet. what she does. This is what I do. Go in there check my, I mean, it's a, it's 10 minutes a day now mm, instead of hours so of figuring, figuring it out. dude. It's, it's, yeah. it's awesome.
0: Yeah. And, and, and people that typically fall into that level of role in executive assistant and assistant, virtual assistant, they're, they're supporters right. and they're happy places taking care of you. Yeah. Which I couldn't get
1: over until you put it in the book of like, look, like you're, you're taking it away from them. What yeah. they really want to do, you're taking it away, it's away from them. And I put her in a box. She wasn't having any fun, and she told me that I'm like, "Why didn't you tell me this earlier?" She's like, "Because I didn't want to make you mad." But I hate doing what I'm doing. Yeah. I want to be your assistant. I want to travel with you. I want to help you do things. I want to line everything up. I want to be your your gatekeeper, where no one can get to you until they go through me because I can sift out the noise. She can protect you because most of it. Yeah. And yeah. Talk about like, there's a lot of noise that comes through my inbox or phone calls or people want to meet with me like. And now people want to meet with me hey you got to talk to kimberly and now i've like constructed her like hey you need to ask them what they need to meet like what is hey, it yeah. for and kind of give me a little bit of an outline because i need to read it before and then in our in our sync calls and in our you know quick little powwows you can say that's day, not a meeting say that's not really what i want to do just tell yeah. you know p- p- politely tell them no and in my, my personality so i don't know if you know anything about disc personalities like disc yeah. so i'm i'm this is what i've been like my life's work is in disc personalities. And so I'm an I personality with a with a in in favorable situations and in unfavorable situations I kind of INTJ. A, what I'm are a, you? I'm
0: a D. Okay, D. Yeah, yeah.
1: And so, um, my my I personality hates the inbox, hates details about stuff. Like I yeah. don't want to sift through and respond this and that. So I tend to just kind of shove it away and kind of not pay attention to it until last minute. Everything is last minute for me. Until now. Until now she goes in there and I can just kinda of go in there and see what's going on. It's taken care of. And now I'm like the visionary. Like I'm the idea guy of trying to push everything forward, which I feel like I've never been able to do. And it, it's literally changed everything about how our company operates. And so the to the point where you talk about in the book is like now it's like sitting around and be like, What do, what do I do? Like what am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. It's like what I'm supposed to be doing is working production on the production the drip matrix, yeah. yeah. Instead of in the business. And so um, it's been just so awesome. So what I want to, <laughs> there's a whole commercial, dude, it, it, but I, it, appreciate it it. It, I, I, I refer all the time. I mean, I blow Thank it up you. on my Instagram. I mean, I've referred it to every single person I come in ta- contact with. Um, I hope it's okay, but I do a lot of, um, like coaching and consulting, um, with teams and I always recommend your book. Dude, so I, 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 I tell
0: people you, uh, even like I, I literally just got done with my coaching group because there's, I think there's a lot of people in the industry that are very protective of their IP and I'm the opposite, where I'm like teach it. Like I, I honestly, my publisher probably wouldn't be happy with it, but I don't even care if you mention my name. Like I'm weird like that. I care more that the information serves people. Right. And if somebody wants to remix it or teach it or coach it, like take every framework in the book, use it as you wish. I'm giving you permission. Yeah. I'm. This is not. To me, I care more about seeing people free up their time and have that headspace to go create more. Because like, I even what was unique about the the book is. I wrote it for, there's 25 people's names I wrote down. Everybody from like a podcaster to some of my clients that are nine figure CEOs. And the thing that I want every entrepreneur to do is not build a business they grow to hate. Like right. that's that's the thing I'm fighting against. I just, most businesses fail, not because the market or the economy, it's because the CEO decides like, this isn't what I signed up for. Right. That was my story, right? right. And what I want to help them create and that's why the subtitle is actually build your empire. Empire for me is a life of unlimited creation you never have to retire from. I love that. And I just think that's every entrepreneur that I just want them to create more. I love that. That's This is how you do it, right? right? In a way that doesn't feel heavy, that doesn't feel frustrating, that doesn't feel like I've created this prison for myself. And um, that's why I was so passionate about writing this book. It's so my first book, it is a bestseller and um, I just continue to try to just you know, support those that are reading it and implementing it. So I give my SOPs away and just, yeah, yeah, it's, and it's I a like, lot of fun. You
1: can, you can log into the, to the website and look at all that stuff. Yeah. And I do. I mean, I, there. I love it. And yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I make sure everybody that does my, uh, my consulting, I'm like, Hey, you have to read this book because I need you to buy your time back to be able to work on the things we're about to talk about. Yeah. And so and it's, it's literally a part of my, my little paper. I give out, you have to this you know there's a, i have a bunch of books you have to read but this is the first one to be able to operate clearly oh, that's so, so cool. um it means a lot to to me i mean it, it it's, it's crazy because it's it's like i've been thinking about this for the last year and a half and it's so simple but sometimes you just have to put it down on paper and have to be kind of told this is step by step how you how you should be buying your time back and when you talk about hiring most people i believe hire to almost fill a need you know fill a place fill a hole nobody's and, ever
0: taught them differently and, and
1: then you know you have a different perspective of like hire to buy your time back. Can you go into that a little bit of how you because like a lot of, like this is called culture camp. So we talk a lot about building teams. Yeah, and so I feel like this is very important because a lot of people will ask me like, how do you find right people? How do you hire? How do you, how, how's that go? And so I, yeah, I love your perspective.
0: Yeah, so so what's fun for me is like I almost approached the book from a leadership first principle first. Like it, so it's funny because when you talk to that's why I resonate with your stuff is like the culture side is actually the whole point of this, right? Creating the space for the CEO or a leader to to do the things they should be doing, like their one-on-ones, like giving feedback, like embettering themselves so that they, the law of the lid doesn't like show itself, like they need to continuously work on their journey. And um, so the core concept, the buyback principle states, you don't hire to grow your business, which most people do, right. you hire to buy back your time. Because if you do the second, you get the first, but if you do the first, you don't get the second. Right. And so that's how you, Avoid building a business you grow to hate, which could probably be the worst culture to to work in. Is a CEO that hates the company he's created. So For let's sure. let's fix that problem. Right, right, and then it's it's really about um you know later in the book I talk about you know these concepts like transformational leadership versus transactional management, which right. is which is teaching every CEO or leader to um, lead completely different, where you don't become the bottleneck. See, see, most people can't buy back their time because they're stuck in what I, what I call the tell check next loop, which is hire somebody, tell them what to do, right. Then check in that it got done and then tell them what to do next, which sounds super logical. It's like you hire an employee, you have one employee, you know, it's like one or two employees. What happens if you stack those on top of each other? And this is usually around 12 employees, 15 employees, about a million and a half in revenue you wake up and it's like you start your day with like i'm going to work on these projects i'm going to get ahead of this i'm going to close this amount of deals and then you like start in your inbox then you start getting calls and then you like right. work getting everybody else productive cuz you're like i'm paying these people to do work right the last thing i want to find out is they're they're blocked Right. Right. So they spend their whole day trying to get their whole team working and doing the right thing and checking. They got done and and inspect what you inspect or expect. And, and then by the end of the day, it's like six o'clock and you're like, I didn't do anything on my projects list. I didn't even get my inbox. And then you like. Go back to your family, and at eight o'clock you jump back online. You work till eleven or twelve, pass out, and it's like Groundhog Day. And right. that—that's the pain, right? Right. Whereas what I try to teach is transformational leadership, which starts with the outcome. So I think, I think most people are capable. We just got to give them the space to go do the thing. Right. But we need to tell them what the what great looks like. So an outcome for me, and this is transformational leadership versus transactional management. An outcome is this is, this is the outcome we're going to achieve. So like, I'm not going to tell you like, Hey, make sure you spell check the blog post. I'm going to tell you, make sure that the blog posts get X amount of traction and people that read it are fascinated by it. Right. Well, if I said that as an outcome, then spell checks part of that. There's a ton of other stuff that's right. part of that, but I don't, I'm not going to tell you cause I don't want to get stuck in the detail cause that's actually not, I'm going to just paint the picture and, and most CEOs are great at this. I just don't think that they double click on it. So right. another way to ask yourself is like, if I had to list out the six success criterias for this outcome, what would be true, right? Like tell me what the mountaintop looks like. So that's like step one is the outcome. Two is measure. Most people, if I ask you to play cricket, I've never played, have you played cricket? Nope, me played. neither. Okay. How unreasonable would it be for us to go play cricket for the first time and have somebody scream at us for playing the game wrong if they didn't tell us how to play it? High, very high. It'd be yeah. it'd be weird. It's like, yeah. why are you screaming at me? Right. Like I don't know. Is this a bat? Is this a glove? I don't know which. Is that? Right. Is he on our team? Yeah, like, you're supposed to hit the yeah. right. Yeah, how we scoring this? I
1: don't. Yeah, and I really don't know. <laughs> how
0: but the measurement is. step, most entrepreneurs are are upset at their team. And they haven't told them how the game is played, right? They haven't told them, this is what I value. This is how I'm going to measure your success. So if I say, look, we're going to take that mountain and we get to the top, this is what it's going to feel like. And I'm very clear on the vision, the outcome, right? Then the, the measurement for that is how many feet of elevation did you make per day? Right. And if, and then you're going to report that to me. So that's your measurement. It's, it's very easy. It's like, we're going to agree on the the way we're going to measure forward movement. And then, so if you measure, if you text me, I say like, text me every day and just tell me how you're doing the, the feet elevation gain. Right. Okay. Well, 150 feet. Sounds pretty good. Next day, right. 200 feet. Well, wow, cool. The next day, 25. Whoa, what happened? Right. And that brings you to the third step, which is coach. So my whole thing is I want a clear outcome for what we're trying to accomplish. This is the way we're going to measure forward movement progress. And if there's a thing that gets in your way, we're going to create the space to coach you no different than I coach a client or I coach my kid or I coach. Why do we not do that for our team? That's what a leader should do. Leaders shouldn't reprimand or scream at or be upset. They should say, Hey, there's, there's a deficit in your progress. Let's talk about it. My coaching framework's very unique. And I break it down in the book, which is I want to start with, uh, with the actual, I'm gonna chunk it up to the principle. See, I don't, the elevation gain, okay, 25 feet. I'm not gonna be like, you should've did 150, you did 200, like why was it only 25? Right. No, I'm gonna say like, what, what was the decision you made that only cost 25? It's like, well, I took a wrong turn. I went down a valley and then I had to work my way back up. It's like, huh, well, what, what could you have changed? Like one great question I love asking people is like, how did you contribute to this situation? Right. Very good question. Yeah, we should question. ask ourselves this as leaders all the time. And so somebody did make a lot of elevation gain. They say, well, I took a wrong turn. Perfect. How could you have fixed that? Could ask for a map. Right. Awesome. Brilliant. How would you find a map and, and have them tell you? Right. Right. So then, and then what I do is then I tell an actual story of when I didn't have a map. And I just, and I just share that story. You know, when I first started off, I was trying to do this thing and I didn't know, maybe it's accounting, right? We're, and it's like, right. you know, I was doing this 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 thing and I, I misdid it and then I got a tax thing and I was freaking out. But then I realized, you know what? If I just ask people who've done it before, if they have a map, I get to make forward movement. It right. might take me three to four minutes to tell that story but it becomes the anchor of the lesson learned that they use for themselves and for their team in the future. See, most leaders teach their team how to lead, right? and it's a bottleneck. Right, no, I, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah, so the transformational leadership of s- starting with an outcome, measuring and negotiating that measurement, and then coach them to success, Literally creates a leader in the future that won't be the bottleneck for their department as you've been as the CEO of the company, right? And that's how you scale really fast. I'm all about scale, like right. my background, software and scaling companies, and using that strategy is how 20-some-year-old kids build 100 million-dollar companies in seven years. Right. There's no other way to do it. Right. Other than that, you're always going to be the bottleneck. The team has to look to you to make decisions. Versus, here's an outcome we're trying to achieve. I'm going to support you. Let's set up a rhythm for us to check in right. numbers. And I'm going to coach you.
1: That's all we want. Yeah, know, I, I couldn't agree more. I, when I do a lot of my coaching and consulting, I call it a superstar based business versus a system based business. You have to put everything off of you. Cause if it, it, we can't have the successes of the, the failures of the company rise and fall in one person, we have to create a super systematic business where everybody has, you know, the right butts and the right seats and everybody's doing it. It's not based off of me. I only have so many hours in the day. I can only do so much. And if I'm trying to create this, you know, like when entrep- when I see entrepreneurs do it, it's like creating chaos almost. almost. But there's some people out there that you know I believe that they, they have to have that, like they thrive off of everything having to go through them. And it's almost, you almost see them cap. And then they're driving themselves crazy. And then you see other people super succeed because they've just put the right pieces together. And they they're coaching the right way, and then they're watching people succeed and in, in in flourish in their own thing because they've they've set forth that outcome. When I I almost learned this lesson the super hard way with my own brother. That's how we always learn those yeah. lessons, yeah. And he I was like, hey man, I, you know I want I want you to be our inventory director, and he's like, okay, cool. So put him in the inventory director. And my personality is I'll just go make it happen and I'll figure it out. I'll make some phone calls, whatever it's, I'm going to throw mud on the wall and see whatever sticks. And we'll just figure it out. Do a lot more of that. If it sticks, my brother is a super, you know, C personality where he has, you know, loves the details, has to put everything together and make sure everything's correct. And so he kind of waited for me to tell him something and I never told him anything. (laughs) And then he kind of like half-assed it through. And then like, I, I, and then I'm getting all these complaints from everybody. And then I'm calling him like, dude, I'm about to let you go. I, I literally was sitting at, lunch with him. Like you have 30 days to get this right, or I'm going to let you go. And he was like, you've never even told me what I'm supposed to be doing or what you want it to look like. And I'm like,
0: do I need to do that?
1: (laughs) Am I supposed supposed to do that? He's like, I have no idea what I'm doing. What's the target? Yeah. Like I don't even like, or how are we keeping score? What's, what's it look like? What's the playbook? And I'm like, okay. So we spent a few days together. I told him exactly what I wanted to do. And then I'm like, go make it happen. He's like, okay, boom. This dude went and created one of the most incredible software, or not software, um, inventory management. Like, it's almost like a software through Google Sheets that I have never seen anything like that. He went to every class, watched every YouTube video, bought every course on in 30 days and figured it out and created this inventory management system that is next level. And I'm like, wow, you did that? And he was like, oh, yeah, like, I just like, I mean, he has dozens of sheets talking to each other and coded them all to do all these things. And automatically email reps when things are coming. Like, it's just incredible what he's done on a Google doc. It's kind of nuts. And so I'm like, Hey, like, you know, secretly, I'm like, Hey, let's make this a software. So we're kind of in the works with that. Um, but it's just incredible, but I'm like, I almost lost my own brother and I almost lost the outcome that I couldn't, I, I, I could not almost dream up what he did because I didn't really think it was possible and had no idea how it worked. And he far exceeded our expectations, but I almost lost that because I was how
0: you were showing up.
1: I was how I was showing. Up, I just was like, just do it.
0: Dude, like, the amount of talent on teams that are not being unleashed. Oh, it's incredible. Like, and and the worst is when you see somebody leave a team and go be wildly successful, right? Like mm-hmm. they were on your team and then they left and now they're doing their own thing and they're crazy successful. It's like you didn't create the environment. Like that's the biggest loss. Is like right. that person could have built that under your umbrella, right?
1: But it's you, frustrating too, because like a lot of it when you watch it in sports teams, like I'm from Utah, the Utah Jazz are historically known for that. Where they we'll drop somebody, we have all you know, they're not really doing good, and all of a sudden they go to another team and they're starting, and it's like, what happened? But it's the culture they create. It's the paying. T- it's paying attention to not what they should be paying attention to, or coaching in the correct way they should be coaching. It's mm-hmm. just kind of throwing the mud on the wall, like I did, and just say, you go out and. Do it like, you're but pro. but you
0: you did say something that I, I want to double click on for everybody listening was the the systems right. Um, one of my friend it describes it as like you know we don't want the star you know dependent on a star player. He thinks of it like Cirque du Soleil, right? right. Like we want to orchestrate an experience. Like you can't name one person in Cirque du Soleil, but we've been to several and they're incredible because they said, look, we're gonna make the show the star and orchestrate around that in the systems. And it turns out it's how you build a business that you could sell that becomes an asset, right? Like most entrepreneurs don't realize that the biggest opportunity for them to create wealth is the day they exit the business. And it might be in 20 years if you're starting off, but you don't, if you go to sell that business, like, and I think that's a really healthy thing for people to do is try to sell your business right? so that you at least get feedback because yeah. you'll, you'll see what they're asking Dude, for. I,
1: so I own a part of a software company right now. Yeah. And I was like, they're like, what is our exit? What is this gonna look like? I'm gonna hear rule number one. We're gonna go shop it to 20 private equity guys and they're gonna tell us for free exactly what they want us to look like. And then we're gonna come back and make it look like. Here's the sales that we, here's the multiples we're gonna buy, because everything's in theory. We don't know what the multiples. So they're telling us, hey, like we usually buy this multiple revenue versus this versus that. that revenue retention, all
0: these numbers are like, whoa. And like how many subscriptions,
1: if it's sastic, all these things. And so I'm like, we're gonna go, they're gonna tell us exactly what we want. They're like, no, we'll just pay a consultant. I'm like, dude, no, we have the buyer is gonna exactly tell us what to do, and if we go and we're super ugly and then because, you know, they're going to want to know everything and they're like, Hey, we so, yeah, right? will show you. Yeah. Hey, that's fine. Because if we go back in a few years, it looks great. It looks great. They're going to be like, see? Oh my yeah, god, you guys that can that, execute yeah, the crushing. And so like, it, I love that you just said that. But
0: And the reason why is because a, a, every business should be built to sell because a business that could be sold is a great company to own. Right. And that's the way I think about it. And, and they're value drivers and value detractors. And what these PE firms will tell you is like, these are the things we value, right? I had a right. friend of mine, he was in the real estate business. He's like, yeah, someday I'm going to sell it to a big, one of the big firms. And I go, but do you even know what they value? He's like, well, what do you mean? I say you should talk to them because like, what if you spent the next decade optimizing for something that you think's valuable that they don't even like that. It's on the, I don't value thing. Right. And the thing you were missing was, oh, sign contract or whatever it is. It's literally a thing that a decision you start doing today that stacks the value, the value driver. So to me like that, when you said systems, I mean, at the end of the day, that is, it's, it's actually irresponsible as a CEO or an entrepreneur not to do it that way, because then you're risking all these people on your team's employment on you being here tomorrow, right? Like that's not cool. Like no. I, I, like I, my private clients, man, I get right in their face about it because I think it's super um, irresponsible for them to look at their team and know that, hey, man, right now, you know, if there's something happens to you, they all got to go find jobs, right, right, because right. you've not built this thing in a way that it can continue to grow and support them,
1: right? Let's fix that. And yeah, when I, when we bought our first look, first RV dealership in Salt Lake City. Um, one of the service managers, basically he was one of the old owners and we kind of, we bought it from him and his dad and he stayed and his dad actually stayed too, but he, he would leave on vacation and we might as well just shut the dealership down. Cause no one knew how to do anything. And especially over payroll, cause no one knew how to do it, like nothing. And so everybody, it's just mass chaos. Well, my person, like, I'm like, okay, I love that. Like I yeah, live, I live in this. Right. So, so yeah. it's like, Matt, I almost need you to go on vacation so I can make notes of everything that revolves around that you. That breaks while you're gone. And we have to like cross-train people yeah. and, and create this system because I can't, you know, it's not fair to you where you can't ever go on vacation. I always have to have your phone on. You can't re- truly disconnect because you're so worried about what's going on back at the dealership. And it's not fair to us that we can't operate without you being there. And so... I remember he went on one little five day vacation when I kind of first, when we first started owning it and it was just chaos. And so then he went and he was like, Hey, I'm going to go on my, you know, my anniversaries this day or birthday, whatever. He was going on a, a fishing trip up in Canada and he's like, I'm going to be like out of cell service for 10 days. And I'm like, no, like, this is going to be a disaster. And then I was like, no opportunity. And so I just sat there and made notes and everything is kind of falling apart. And I like build this plan and I'm like, like our job is to make it so nothing revolves around on you. Then you can become a true coach and a manager and be the general manager. Cause at the time he was a general manager yeah, and it was, it was awesome. Everybody else hated it, but yeah. I'm like this, you know, putting the chess piece together cause now it's putting the pieces and, you know, in, in playing the game of a business to create this system because you're right. It's not fair to people to have to hundred percent rely on, on an individual being there because you're right. If something happens, um, we saw this a lot in COVID, Where now they go, you know, they're sick for, you know, whatever, quarantining for 10 days or 14 days, whatever it was, or maybe 20. I can't remember how long. You keep changing it. Yeah. Yeah, Um, it was was changed all the time. Well, now it's like, well, what do we do? Do we close? Do we do this? Do we do that? I I saw a lot of my friends' companies really struggled because they didn't have any cross training. And so Mm. it exposed a lot. And I think the companies, you know, Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, a lot of those companies that, Realize that and probably fix it are going to go you know on the great side, and then a lot of those companies that didn't really care do nothing about it, I'm probably are just going to kind of fall back by the wayside.
0: So. Yeah, the, the the training part's interesting because I think a lot of uh, entrepreneurs and maybe people listening right now think this is like, well, what if I train these people and then they leave, right? Right. It's like Cameron Harold has a great line. He says, "What if you don't? And they stay." Right. It's like <laughs> like I right. mean, what, what's the alternative? It's right. like cross-training, investing in your people. It's like, literally there's, there's clients of mine that they're like, like that's expensive. Right. Or it takes my time. It's like, yeah, but those are investments in the future. And if you do it, like I have this framework called the camcorder method, which is you literally record yourself doing the work and that creates the playbooks. Yeah. So it's in the book. yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just like, there's ways to be efficient with it. And for me, the, the whole idea of like, you know, taking a manager out of the loop and then forcing decisions down to the frontline workers. Mm -hmm. Like the truth is, is most companies at scale, the individual contributors or the people closest to the customers actually have the most context to solve problems. Right. So it's actually, if you think of it that way, it makes no sense for them to see a problem, to then try to communicate limited context to you, for you to go like, I'm the smartest person in the room. So I'm gonna tell you now how we're gonna solve the problem. Right. What I do is this thing called the one through one rule, which is when people come to me with problems or challenges, I ask them back, what's the one, three, one? It's the one specific problem we're talking about. Cause like a well-defined problem is a problem half solved. Like right, right off the bat, most people they're coming to you. And it's like, they're like the world is on fire. It's like, right. what part of the world? What exactly? Yeah, yeah. Is it a marketing thing, is it a retention thing? Like let's let's yeah. dial this in. So one specific problem. The, the other one is three viable options, right? And as, as an entrepreneur, if we think about it, the reason why we talk a lot is to talk out loud the viable options to get feedback. Right. So when somebody tells you they're making a decision, but they don't tell you the options they considered, we're concerned because we're worried they just didn't consider the other stuff that we naturally, this is how we think. Right. We're like problem, all right, talk to four friends. They said this, they said this, they said this. I looked at them, I ran some numbers, bat and nap- nap- acumen. Okay, I'm gonna go with this one. Right. So when somebody comes to you and they go, this is a specific problem, these are my three viable options I considered, you're like, oh, cool. And then the, the third one is the one specific recommendation. Right. And when you do the one, three, one, you, you literally 90% of the time, the one recommendation is the path forward, right? right? So then a few things happen. One, when people help build the plan, they don't fight the plan. So right. they, they built that plan, right? They came to you with a problem and gave you a solution, three options. And they, and you're like, yeah, let's do that. So now they own it. So they're going to push it way harder than them saying there's a problem and you tell them what to do. Exactly. And the other thing is, is over time they learn that you're going to ask them that question. So like I had an HR director once Adam and he came to me and he's like, do we have a problem? So like, what's that? He's like, we got to hire 12 people in the next month. And I was like, cool. I was like, <laughs> well, I don't know how to do that. Right. I go, it sounds like a lot of fun. Like, but we I don't know how we're gonna do that. I go, You're the director of HR, man. Like, what are you asking me? He's like, Well, I need how do we do that? And I go, Well, if I gave you the answer, that'd be doing your job. Right. Like, I love you, man, but I'm not I'm not here to do your job. I'm here to collaborate with you. So do you have a one three one? He's like, Oh, geez, no, I don't I was like, when can you get it? He's like, How about tomorrow? I was like, Cool, same time tomorrow. Give me a call and we'll talk. Show me what you got. He texted me that morning. He's like, I'm good. Right. Like he didn't, it was almost like You teach people how to treat you. So if you get into a rhythm, he might've worked in a place before where that was normal. Major issue, tell the CEO, they tell you how to fix it. Right. Whereas when you start showing up with a one, three, one, you're you're teaching them how to show up in your team. And what's great about that is that scales. Then all of a sudden now, individual contributors at the front line with the customers, they're not going to come to you, but they're going to go one, three, one. They go, right. what is the problem here? What, are, what 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 could I consider is like should I change the email template? Should I change the text like what's going on? Right. And uh, let me try this, right? And then that way if it doesn't work and you ask them about it, they can at least say, "Well, here's what I thought through and I'm, I w- I went with two, but I probably should have went one. I'm trying one again." Right. And and just the speed of execution. That's that's the biggest shift of like a transformational leadership is even giving the tools to your your team members to say like, "Hey, you don't have to come to me with everything."
1: Right. Like, that's I huge. trust you. Yeah, which is huge. And I, and I feel like that's ultimate culture when everybody feels like they have ownership in what they're doing, where they can operate and make those decisions instead of having it. Because what if they, you know, what if they can't get a hold of you or what if they can't get a hold of somebody? What are they just going to sit sit looking at the customer in the face saying, well, I can't really do anything for you because I kind of, and in their mind, they're like, I know exactly what the owner would say, but I feel like I have to go talk to them. I'm like, when people come to me, I'm like, dude, I'm not going to tell you how to do your job. Nope. Like, how, how would you do it? And even if we have like a policy coming down, or like, hey, we need to change this operation, change that operation. How how do I best support you in your job, what you're doing now? But we have to start doing X, or have to start mm-hmm. doing, the, especially with compliance things, because you know we're getting slammed with a bunch of compliance things right now with this, uh, you know, mm-hmm. ruling that's going on in the United States with with uh, with data and. And personal information, and everything. Yeah. And so like we're creating system. We have a third party coming in and then I'm like, Hey, look, we you can't just go bark at all of my managers. We have to go and collaborate with them and say and have them take ownership in it and say, How can we fit this to what you do? Because you know it better than we do. And like I got asked all the time, like, you know, Hey, what would you do in this situation? And I'm like, What would you do in this situation? Oh, I'd do this. Okay. Sounds like we're doing that.
0: Like, because I don't know. What what if every CEO listening to this just defaulted? whenever some came to them to first asking, what would you do? Right. It'd be huge. It would change the game. It would, it's, people want these businesses that are, you know, some people call them self-running companies or like, you know, the, the, but they, they themselves, this is why it's the law of the lid, right? John Maxwell talks about this in 21 irrefutable laws of leadership of like the business will grow to the degree that the, the, the owner invests in themselves to become the person who can deal. Right. Like right. there's another great saying that's, you know, if you want to be rich, be, uh, um, be lazy. If you want to be wealthy, become incompetent. Right. And the reason why is because when you say, I don't know, that's the, that's what everybody thinks. Like, oh, I don't want to be seen as incompetent. I care about having results that I wasn't involved in producing. Oh Yeah. Like that matters me more than you thinking I'm smart or not. Because at the end of the day, I can look at my bank account to know where I sit on the the grand scheme right. of what's smart or not. Like, right. and, and, and to the degree that we can push things back on our teams and support them. I think it's like, that is, that's the game that we're playing. That's right. the culture. Right. And I mean, this is what I love about what you're doing is like people Think, I think when you start in business, you think it's a mechanical, like uh, a business model problem. Right. Like I need to understand marketing and sales and all this stuff. But once you get to a, a team of like, honestly over 15 people, then it's really about like, how do I work through my people? Right. Right. And that's actually the big shift. And that's why some people really get the starting phase because they can come in and they can create, you know, some level of results from chaos. But as soon as there's like people and emotions involved, right. they that's their lid, right? But that's why they'll always have these half million. You know these people; they're literally the guys that build seven figure and then they're done, and that's right. it. That's it. Yeah,
1: I I had a buddy one time tell me it's like I don't I don't know how you got to a hundred million dollars, and I'm like, what do you mean? And he was like, I I I can't I I I can only get companies to ten million dollars, and he's like, so I'm just gonna have ten companies doing a ten million dollars. Silly. And I'm like, looked at him, I'm like. I, I like, and actually we were doing a podcast t- together and I like just started laughing. And he's like, what are you laughing? At? And I was like, you, that's like, way harder. Yeah. And I was Does like, wouldn't know you that? rather try to figure out how to go from 10 to 15 instead of just give up and say, I'll just build about 10, 10 different companies, $10 million. That's complicated to me. And, and in my mind, I know exactly what he's doing. Is He's basing everything off of him because he has to be the name, the brand and this, and then that and everything's through him because he has to have that, you know, feel good. And that fulfills him up. But I'm like, but at the end of the day, like, you need to put that aside and figure out how to play the game and figure out how to work through people and empower them to go do their own thing. Now you could have 10, $100 million companies if you could do that, because I love, so. But way
0: more complicated than $100 million. I mean, this is way the part that's funny that he actually thinks
1: that's easier. Yeah. I'm looking at him like, I, I, no, like that's not easier at all. Like I would rather have one dealership doing $100 million than I have not. Totally. Nine. And so it's like, you know, and, and we've come to that point, you know, we're trying to, you know, f- the RV industry kind of going a little bit wild and we might, we might trim down because it's like, Hey, like we would rather have less complexity and yeah. less complexity. And we're in three States right now with yeah. three very different areas, very different markets. Like, Hey, we know, you know, our superpower, you know, our hedgehog concept, like yeah. in good to great is, is this, yeah. all the other is kind of noise. We could have taken these stores past a hundred million, just a few stores, but we overlooked it trying to go grow. And so now it's like, okay, now it's how can we get much better at what we're doing in the hedgehog concept. And so I look at that and I look at what he's saying and I'm like, why? why, why? Like I'm trying to spin things down because I would rather have life less complicated and buy my time back and do the things that I want to do where instead of just in the constant, like the time quadrant or the time management quadrant, yeah. of always urgent, always important, just massive chaos. I want to like do the things that I want to do and should be doing instead Not of urgent having to, and it,
0: important. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because Um, one of the concepts that I'm a big fan of, and I'm assuming you are too, is just like candid feedback, right? right? Like feedback, feedback. Cause a leader that thinks that way, there's no way that if they actually created the space to get feedback that they wouldn't hear that. Right. So like when I hear people struggling with breaking any level of revenue from eight figures, nine figures, or even like seven, even a hundred thousand, like there's a lot of people that think they're doing well because they're making 300 grand. They, right. they, they're just specialists, right? right? Like there's these natural breakpoints in business, 300, 2 million, 10 million, 25 million, where essentially the, there's a skill that needs to be learned, right? If you just think of like breaking past 300, I need to learn to delegate. Some people have never, they, they will never figure this out. Right. Right. Like accountants know this. They see there's customers at like 280, 260, and they just hit this, this, this imaginary ceiling. Right. And they're usually like super angry and they're like, nobody can do it as good as me and like yeah. those people. Yeah. Right. But then, then, then to go from three, then you can delegate three to 2 million is kind of like the next level, but then you wake up and you've got 20 direct reports and that doesn't work. Right. So right. what's the skill there? So I got to learn to work through people. Right. Well, that's scary. So you're telling me I got to trust you to talk to the customer and I'm not talking to the customer anymore. That's like, right. some people can't do that. The The solution to this for me is feedback because if I create the space and it's tough because it's it's like some people take it to heart. But to me, the feedback concept in the book, I talk it clear, okay? Because clear for me is, it's it's almost like if once you see it done, it's it's like, wow, I didn't know people talk like that. Where right. you actually say to the person like, yeah, I know I've probably done something Jason over the last few months that maybe you didn't understand or you didn't like, and you know, whether you think I did it on purpose or not, like, is there anything that comes up for you? And you're like, yeah, it's like, right. cool. I'd, I want to be a great leader for you. And I know the only way I'm going to do that is by understanding where these moments happen. Would you, would you be willing to share that with me? Right. Yeah.
1: That's big. That's huge. Because, yeah. And a lot of people don't feel like like there's a lot of, they don't want to know that don't. Yeah. They don't yeah. want to know. They want to hide behind almost This corporate veil. And they don't want to hide. They don't want to go out into the, have feedback with anybody or even their direct reports. No, they, they
0: don't want feedback.
1: Yeah, they say like, hey, everybody else, you need to get yeah. the feedback, but then it's like, okay. What about like, you need to check yourself? And it's like, what about me? Like there's so many times, even before, like I read the book, I would, in my executive meetings or my management meetings, directors, whatever, I'd be like, what can I do better? And they're like oh no and i love so i always you have to do this structure because if
0: not they'll say it dude you're doing good yeah so i always i'm not getting better if you only tell me i'm doing good
1: and then i literally used you know what you say in the book i'm like no you can't say that you have to come up with something because i'm not perfect no and then i was like if you're if you say nothing you make me feel like i'm perfect and i know for a fact i'm not perfect so you have to come up with something." Oh well, you could do this better. Or you could do that better. Hey, one time three weeks ago, you said this and it yeah. kind of hurt my or feelings. Or I brought so this, like, this
0: idea and you kind of dismissed you diminished right. it and or dismissed it. And, yeah. I'm and, like
1: I'm like a computer. You input the data, I export it. Like yeah. it's I, if but if nothing's inputted, I can't do anything with it. Like Nothing I need to know the the information. I don't know what I don't know. And if I'm just I'm moving quick like entrepreneurs, we're moving fast. And if you don't kind of check me a little bit and say hey like there's an like you know I don't like this, I don't like that then how am I supposed to know? I don't, you know, and now, so I love this because I used to get so frustrated to the point I stopped visiting the dealerships because I'd go, to the, dealership, I'd, I'd go to the dealerships. Hey, hey, how are you doing? What can we do? i oh, nothing. Great, 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 great. And then someone would go behind me, like our media guy and he's filming and he's like, man, I heard this complaint and that complaint. I'm like, I was just there. So now when they say, Hey, is there anything? Oh yeah, great. Nope. You have to give me, now I make them like, you have to have a list of three things yeah. we can do better right now. And they're like, Oh, well, so then we start. We start collaborating and, you know, masterminding of how we can make things better. But that that was been since the book, and things have gotten so much better because now I feel like, hey, when I go to the to do my visits, I'm more effective instead of just,
0: you know, and of- it's clearing. So that's why I call it a clearing conversation because. Oftentimes, when I when I work with the CEO, I only work with the CEO, but we do 360 surveys, right? right. And I discover all the stuff that you you know they, the CEO's like, oh, everybody loves me. I have these six direct report. It's awesome. We have a great relationship. And I'm just like, no, you don't. Right now, what happens is that that lack of feedback uh, removes the opportunity for you to um, get rid of the emotional shrapnel. So like people don't realize it, but again, somebody could have been on a meeting. And brought up an idea, and you just happen in a moment to say, like, that'll never work. Let's do this. Right. And that person could have been like, oh, geez, right. I felt, that didn't feel good. Why did Dan say that? Like, he didn't even hear me out. Right. And they, it's just the way humans are, they will bring that to their meetings with their direct reports. Like, they might be in a meeting, somebody will bring up a good idea, and they might say, yeah, I don't think Dan would like that. Right. Well, what?
1: Right. what you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like,
0: interesting. It's like yeah. there's emotional shrapnel in those conversations. So, for me, clearing, is almost like, yes, I want the feedback, but what I care more of is that I'm creating emotional clarity and clearing for the person. Right. Cause the key in the way I teach it, which most people don't do this part, is you have to recite back to the person. So Jason, this is what I heard. Right. I heard you say this happened and it made you feel this way. And because I did this and this, did I get it? And then again, there's two questions that follow that. Did I get it right? You'll go, yes. And right. then is there anything more? I love that. Is there anything more? Actually, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, now that you bring it up, okay. Yeah. So here's what I heard you say, da, 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 and it's this recursive conversation. Right. I will tell you no matter what you do at the end of that, con- if there's nothing you just heard and recited back, you have just cleared the wave. For a new relationship with that person, right. that is probably the most powerful thing you can do for that individual, and they won't even know it. They might only realize it in ten years, or they don't have a person that works with them like that. Right? But they go, I miss the way he used to do that. Yeah. Because I just felt like he heard me, he understood right. me. People want to feel heard, seen, and appreciated. Exactly. And that's what to me the the feedback. I have a big problem with people like, oh yeah, we have a culture of direct feedback and canon feedback, and if somebody's got a problem, just fucking tell them how it is. Right. Yeah, you also got to open the gates and take it back. Right. <laughs> right, right. It's not a sit there and criticize other people. Is you need to slow down and one on one and say, "Hey, I'm. I know I've got opportunity, and I'm only going to learn if you are kind enough and 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 courageous. Honestly, I get it. it's not. I'm the CEO. Right, but I really would love for you to share that with me.
1: Yeah, and you get. And I feel like that's a huge foundational piece of culture because you have to create that that up. That and is down. culture. Yeah, I mean that that 100 percent that that up and down feedback even. Like you giving feedback, like constructive coached feedback to them and they give you feedback and you have to accept but
0: it. But you got to go first. It's like your yeah. kids. I have, a, I have a family coach. I work with this guy, Sean, and he's awesome. He goes, no correction without connection. Right. I love you that. are not allowed to correct your child until you slow down and say, what's going on, buddy? Oh, geez, that sounds tough. Right. Dude, that sounds hard, man. What will what happen? Well, oh, you know, Oh, geez, man, really? You know, you got to slow right. it down. To connect, because then at a certain point you'll see it usually in a kid where they go like, oh, like their shoulder, they're like, okay, I don't know. yeah. It's like, and then and then comes down. Yes, yeah. and then so it's this the same thing for the philosophy is like I'm gonna go first to solicit the feedback, to create the space, to then guess what? Always ninety nine percent of the time, as soon as we we finish that clearing conversation, they go, got any feedback for me? Right. Well, I mean, if you're asking, right? Yeah, I want to know. I want to get better, just like you did with me. Yeah. Cool well, I got a few things written down.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I I love that. What do you think? So, because it takes, it takes a lot of coaching yourself to be able to, to do this because there are some people out there like generally, you know, entrepreneurs are moving fast. They're shaking. I mean, they're just going crazy and they don't like to sometimes be told, you know, that they're doing something wrong. I would say, you know, I'm not saying everybody, but generally I would, I would say that. So what is some advice that you would give someone if they've never if they're if they're sitting here kind of like dang like this kind of makes me nervous to be able to ask for that feedback and and then also um, you know what are some some things to get over like some things to get over at that because there are some people that I can't do that because all they're trying to do is prove to everybody. They have the right
0: answers. Yeah. They're so insecure yeah. that the thought of getting critical feedback, so like,
1: how, like how would you do almost like an audit to yourself of like, yeah. am I, am I the type of person that are, that like accepts feedback or, or, or wants it? Or am I the type of person of, you know, I'm always trying to find the right answers because when I go in and do a lot of consulting and coaching and I like watch conversations, I'm like, dude, the entire time you were trying to cram everything down their throats. Yeah. And you need to stop trying to, like, prove that you have all the right answers. We have a board meeting, and you talk the entire hour. Like, there's no collaboration going on. How how would you? Because if you're that type of person, it's going to not create a great culture.
0: It's a double edged sword because I'm I'm also aware because I've been doing this for so long that um, most entrepreneurs are just going day to day trying to like keep the dream alive in their like you know what right. I mean? Yeah, that's true. Dude, it's we're true. just waking up trying to our, sell ourselves on the story cuz right. it's so hard cuz we got to like we're not allowed to have bad days and we have to be 60 months in the future and like yes problem but let's talk about future so like it's so tough. I get it that they're like, dude, if I open it up to that criticism like then I'm going to I'm scared that that might stop me from showing up that way. So I get that that's the reality. Here's the reframe is if you truly want to create a place where, um, people, um, will, will fight for your movement, right? Cause I always say it's not about marketing anymore. It's about movement. What movement are you trying to create? And, and for me, I think most great leaders I can tell just from watching your stuff is your desire is not selling people more RV stuff. It's it's, I want to create a place where I used to, I, the way I think about it is I want to ruin them for the rest of their career. Right. Oh, I love that. I just want you to come work for me. And if even if it's for a year, I want you to go to the next place and go, right. wow, shit. Right. right? <laughs> or or maybe be inspired in your own thing and, and be like, that was the high watermark. And I hope to someday develop myself to be able to create a place that was as good as that because I've never seen anything like it. Right. So, so if that is your goal and that's the movement, right? The movement is I want to create a place of personal transformation for my team. Yes, we happen to be in this industry and we happen to sell these widgets and we happen to you know, care about customer service and all this stuff. But for me, I think business is almost like a forcing function for betterment, for the CEO and for the team, if you choose to approach it that way. So then through that frame of like, I wanna create a place where everybody on my team gets better, then feedback is the oxygen for that. Right, yeah. So then it's not, a, I want feedback to make the product better for our customers is the feedback process is actually the oxygen for them to develop, for you to develop. Because, dude, it takes as much courage for them to share as you to receive. Right. Dude, like some people have never made a criticism to another individual in their whole lives. That's
1: true. That's very true. Or or they get ran down their throat when they do it and then they never want to do it ever yeah.
0: again. Yeah, they might have done it yeah. once and they've never done it again. But yeah. some people are just like, they would rather... I've seen it. I've, especially, I don't know why finance departments like they'll turn red. They'll be like, I don't yeah. want to tell you. Yeah. And I go, I know you don't, but it's going to be awesome. Right. And I'm excited for them. I'm excited for them to create a space where they try it and go, oh, wow. Like that felt really good. Again, it's so funny because it's not even did it solve a problem? Right. Like if you just stop the conversation from, I heard you say this, did I get it right? And they go, yeah. Right. And we just said, cool. Have a great weekend. Right. It, I don't have to say anything. Cause then they just feel heard, seen and appreciated. Right. So that's, that, that to me is like, it's this, it's this uh, atmospherous oxygen that if you reframe that, then uh, it doesn't take from anything. It's kind of like, I think a lot of people in social media, they're like, they get inside their head selfishly of like, I don't want to share. I want to share this, but I want to share stuff that's going to get views. Right that's a selfish lens, right? right. I, creating content to get followers and views is a selfish lens. So that's why you're always critical of your stuff. If you say like, I'm just here to share to the person that's one or two steps behind me, and it doesn't have to be perfect because I don't need it to be perfect. And I'm just here to serve. Right. Then that changes the whole energy around that. hundred
1: percent. So, like so, I had one of my, one of my biggest posts on, on Instagram was the day that I woke up to a text message that one of my dad's best friends and like one of my, like, you know, I grew up with this guy. He's one of my dad's best friends passed away. Oh, wow. And then I had some, you know, financial things not very good at the dealerships. I had to go to a podcast and be 100% present and excited for the podcast. And then I had to go speak to some of my guys at the dealership. And then I went to this podcast and I'm like, I'm emotionally, physically drained. Like I, and like, there's some not good sides to the, you know, to, to this, but, but I have to be, you know what do i do i have i can't just tell this guy i did his podcast no i'm you know this and that like i come and i just suck like he asked me to be on it and i said yes i have to show up and be on it then when i go speak to the dealerships i have to have to be on it while i'm dealing with all the stuff with his death and all these things going on and that that got more engagement than any post i've done in a long time saying thank you for being vulnerable and i'm like i just own my truth and sometimes like i'm an overshare at fault but I just own the truth because it is what it is. Now there's some information like in a, in, in, in our company, I just say, Hey, this is what's going on. This is why we're doing this. And like, I have that direct, um, you know, feedback or direct informate to them. So they're not always guessing because what I don't want people to do is thinking what's going on. I want them to know what's going on, but then I also want to tell them, Hey, we have a solution. Yeah. Yeah, And there's, yeah, the context of it. And so I, I think it's so important to be able to just be you and be raw and stop trying to fake every like I always tell people don't fake it fake it till you make it be confident until you make it like you can be confident in telling someone you know like yeah I don't know right i don't know you can and, say confi- yeah. confidently I don't know but I have confidence we'll figure it yeah, out we'll figure it out like I'm I'm hey that's a great question let me get back with you there's yeah. no problem with saying yeah. I, I'm not sure yeah because it, that's relatable and there are like we see it a lot in the coaching space is we have people that are out there that are proving to every, like trying to prove that they have all the right answers. I don't want all the right answers. First, I don't want like everything to be based off of me and the coaching group. I like, you know, I, cause we, we have a coaching group that we just launched and it's more of like, we're creating a community and like a club membership where people can get together and do all these things and we'll have events and a community we've developed in software and all these things. And like, it's not about me and it's not about my partner, Ryan, it's about the group and you guys. So Mm -hmm. I want you to actually give me feedback so we can, input back in. And if you're, if we get a bunch of people asking us about real estate, then we're going to bring in a real estate expert and teach real estate. It's not just me trying to prove that I have all the right answers. And they, you know, I was talking to this guy and he was like, wow, like that's completely different than most of them out there. And I'm like, look, there's niches out there. Like if yeah. it's a very specific, then it's very that specific. Group, yeah. Right. But it's like, that's not what we were trying to do. And, but there are those people out there that just try to prove Everything's well. Somebody said, I
0: wish I knew who said this, but he said, The person with no secrets is the freest person in the room,
1: right? Because they don't have to always think about, Well, I
0: got nothing to to hide. Yeah, I'm just, I am, I am who I am 100%. 100, And, 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 and I think it's actually one of the benefits of social media is that you can try to play a role, right? Like when I first started in business, I wore a suit and tie, literally 24 years old, suit and tie for four years, every, every day, every day. Because uh, I was trying to be yeah. somebody that I thought the customer wanted, right. and then over the years you figure out it's like you know what's really unique is being you. Right, just be relatable. It's so crazy. Like yeah. the most unique thing, kind of like snowflakey thing you can do is just owning you a hundred percent. Yeah, your quirks, your kryptonite, your passions. Right. And and guess what? Eight billion people in the world, the ones that resonate with you. Dude, they're going to, you know, you attract the tribe for your vibe exactly. and, they'll, I love that. and they'll show up and then you get to be, there's no effort. See, a lot of people right. that are trying to be a powerful, all-knowing CEO and to their team, then man, at the end of the day, no no, duh, they need to go have a beer and unwind <laughs> it. Right. Because it's like, it's a lot of- You
1: live this almost not like- It's fa- frantic. Fake, but no, like it's a frantic
0: fake- energy of like yeah. trying to portray something. Whereas if you actually just said like, I confidently know who I am and who I'm not. And I just trust that the people that attracted to that are going to stick around. That's what culture is. Culture yeah. is saying this, these, this is what I believe in. These right. are the values. These are the principles. These are the the best practices North star metrics. Like this is what we're about. Right. If you're into this best place in the world for you. Right. If you're not into most of these probably should stay away. Right. And I think that just makes the whole environment, effortless. Right. You know, and I think that's where, when you say, you know, I would buy you want to start 10, 10 million dollar companies. Usually if I double click on that person, there's some, there's some, some shadows yep. that yep. they don't want to shine some light on. Oh, I, 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 I guarantee Like this it. is this perfect little thing that I got. I can do 10 million with this. Right. I'm going to go do 10 millions of these. Cause I don't want to be asked to, become more right. or shine a light on an area that I'm not com- comfortable with. I don't want anybody to know that I'm not good at that stuff. Right. Right. Cause then I got to admit to it. Yeah. It's like, and
1: But but it's crazy because like, I, I think that that's almost more admirable in my eyes when, when you have someone's like, Oh, I don't really know. I don't know exactly how to do that, but I have
0: the right team to be able to do it. Game recognized game, man. Yeah. And it's You're like, a high level operator. When you see other people that are high level, like Warren and he's like, Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. It's like, cool, man. The richest guy in the world says, I don't know. Right. I should probably say, I don't know more. Yeah. This whole idea of like, even the one thing I've been trying to work on is just listening, you know, two years, one mouth. Right. You know, a buddy of mine said it recently. He goes, "Uh, I already know what I know. Right. Isn't that funny? Like, why am I talking? I already know what I know. Uh, Yeah, I love that. So I should just listen more and ask great questions. Right. And I think, and that might be for some people listening. That's their, the next level is, Oh, you know what? I talk too much. I'm just going to start. Why don't I pick a question for the day? And every time I talk to somebody, just ask them and see if I can pick some stuff up and that's their next level. Yeah, It's always, the next level is always going to be the thing you're not doing today. Because if you were who you needed to be today, you'd have the results you want. Exactly. So it's kind of funny to to say to somebody, write down who you are. I'll give this really tactical. It's not in the book, but it's, I think it's one of the most simplistic uh, approaches to personal development ask your friends, five or six of your friends to write down, who are you? Like what, when you think of me, Jason or Dan, write down the characteristics, draw a line, and then write down the opposite of that. And, and then spend time maybe once a quarter attacking. And I'm talking like you're a vegan, go eat a burger, right? I'm talking, you're an extrovert, go on a retreat with by yourself for 5 days. Right. Because <laughs> cuz I think what happens in the world is the 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 highest level performers they they go to the other side. Not because like okay, well, I don't do online marketing, but I don't want to be a Ty Lopez. I didn't tell you you had to be a here in my garage kind of guy on the internet on YouTube. Right. But should you figure out how to do online marketing? Yeah, yeah you should. Yeah. So like go do the opposite. So so many people are so bought into who they are. That they don't realize their next opportunity is is going to understand the opposite and figure out what feels right for their contacts. But if you do that every quarter, that's your hit list for personal development because it increases the breadth of experience I by doing that. the opposite.
1: Yeah. I love that because and and a lot of us don't don't we, we get in so much ingrained in, in, in the business and in things, um and in life. A lot of entrepreneurs and CEOs don't work on us, we don't work on unique things. We don't spend time, al- al- on like alone, or we don't spend time like it's crazy. Like you know how many like I I, I uh, interview a lot of CEOs and they're like, oh I do, I hardly read or I do this or I do that or hardly, you know, get time to do this and that. And I'm like, why aren't you intentional with your time? Like you know, you talk about in the book is you know the things that matter most to you, those date nights like you talk yeah. about with your wife, the perfect family week. times, those, yeah. like the perfect week, right? Like you're intentional with your time, and like it. it Okay. So, so snowboard this is the greatest ski season on planet that's earth snow. in Utah. Right? Yeah. Like over 900 inches of snow at some of the resorts. Like, like I'm talking, one of our resorts had a ski lift get buried, like all the past the top of the ski lift. Yep. That's in, that's insane. I never even thought that was possible. And I'm like sitting here bummed, like, man, I didn't get to go. I was too busy, whatever. And I was talking with this guy and he was like, y- you're not too busy. You think you're too busy. You need to schedule the time and make the time. If you, if, cause Skiing for me is like bliss. You're just listening to music, or listening 12. to a podcast, you know, two hours of skiing. Like my vision was like, I'll just go, you know, once a week or twice a week if I could, but tw- once a week, at least go for, you know, two hours in the morning and be, be at the office by the afternoon. And what am I, like my vision and like what I'm creating while I'm on the mountain can probably help me, you know, in in work because my mind's, I'm on the, I'm on the 30,000 foot view now. Now I'm just looking, I'm thinking, I'm having a good time and I'm clear with it. And I was talking with one of my mentors and he was like, how dare you like take that away from your team by you thinking you have to be there. Really? You should be on the mountain trying to create something to better their lives. And I I look back and I'm like, I wasn't. And then I read your book and happened to be past the ski season now a little bit. I'm like, man, I wasn't intentional with my time. I didn't create the perfect week. And so next year I'm like, I'm not giving myself an out. I'm buying a season pass right now to force myself to be able to have to go because that's what I value and is important to me. And it's sad to see people like you were talking before is like Entrepreneurs are trying to keep the fire somewhat burning in, in, in desire, like all these things, because there is a, is a, it's almost a wick and there is going to become an end to it. And it's up, kind of up to you how long that, you know, flame is burning. Yep. Right. And it's creating this life that you don't want the vacation from, that your life is, is your life. It's a great life. And you talk about that in the book. And I, and I, and I, like I did, I, I, I love this because it just paints it in a picture and it's kind of black and white of like, this is just how you do these things to be intentional with your time. And then you can reverse it in business and say, this is how you're intentional with business time. And like blocking the schedules, together. putting it in, like putting it, just put it in there, put it on yeah. paper. When you put it in, like, like if my, if I tell my assistant now, if she puts something on the counter, I just do it. Yeah. Like, it's just not even, again, it's that,
0: this is the, this is the big idea that I think sometimes I didn't cl- shout it out clearly is that we will do more for other people and we'll do for ourselves. Yep. Like that's just a fact, you know, uh, doctor gives you prescription because you got a cold and says, take this for 21 days. Completion rates is like 60%. Like most people don't finish the medication. Your dog gets sick, all 21 days he's having it on time. No, there's timer set. So we will do more for our dogs and we'll do for ourselves and we'll definitely do more if somebody else is involved. So having somebody external that is you're accountable to is the highest form of leverage as a CEO from a dollar spend to like a production output. And, and the truth is, is, if you look at like either my one page strategic plan framework, which is the whole year, and you put those like the big rocks, the family vacations, the ski trips, the the the, the masterminds or whatever, and then everything fits in around it, we actually have the space to do it all. Oh, yeah. and, and, and the question, and I talk about this is like, if I asked you, are you better for your team after you come back from a powder day or worse? Right. Better. Way better. Okay, Way better. your team wants you to go away on that ski trip yeah. because you're gonna come back refresh, energized, bliss, not stressed out from the previous day's minutiae challenges or whatever. Right. And it's, and honestly, it's like a good song. If a song started off and the guy just like spoke really fast for the whole song, it'd be a crappy song. Right. What makes a great song is the space in between the notes. Right. And entrepreneurs need to learn how to create the space in between the notes of their work and create that space for the relationships, for the investment in themselves, for their physical activities, their hobbies, their health, because you will be a more complete entrepreneur. There's a fallacy right. that people have that like, this is my edge. And if I change this, I'll lose my edge. Right. What if you weren't growing because of your edge and you've not tested it? Right. So some people think it's like my success is because of the edge. I'm saying your success is in spite of the thing you call your right. edge, and you should actually line things that people know you as. Go do the opposite, and you might discover that in that other space, you're actually a higher performer. Right. But you'll never get there because you've never split tested it. So, and I know
1: we're going a little bit over time, but I think this is super good. Super so we'll, fun. But uh, so one thing I am going to ask you because I deal with this is how do you get over the fact, and, and I don't even like probably not saying this the best way, but how, how do you get over when you are creating those, like, you know, when you are going on vacations or when you are taking the time off when you are going to these masterminds or events or, or industry events, or maybe not industry events, but different conferences, but you are working on you and you're kind of away from your company. How, how have you created that culture where, where people aren't just looking at you and be like, Oh, he's
0: never at work. He doesn't really carry this or that. And the other, I celebrate my team doing that. So that's I, I want everybody oh, to pick this up. If your team comes back from vacation and you don't ask them how was it, that's awesome, dude. I'm so happy you took the time for yourself. You know what? You know what do you want to do now you're back and they're like, oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. So what happens is that fear is our projection and judgment on other people. Right. Whereas because I have this. Uh, excitement for other people taking two or three weeks going to Italy for the first time or their honeymoon. And like, I'm excited for them. Then of course I'm not thinking, I think my team's excited for me. I'm worried that they're thinking all he does is go on vacation and he goes to events. He doesn't even do any work. Right? No, no, no. You actually have to put out the energy you want to receive. I like that. So that's, that's how I do it. I'm, I'm very intentional. When I ask somebody like, what have you been up to? And they're like, Oh, I just got back from a week off. I'm like, dude, what did you do? Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah Cause they're, they're scared. Yeah, they're like, like, Oh, you know, but I still got my emails done. No, 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 no. What did you do? You went, you hiked across the Appalachian trail. No way. Did you can't right. out. Really? What, how, how, did you do your food prep and dah, dah, dah. It's like, I don't even, cause I want them to understand that that's important to me. Cause guess what? I know that they're going to be better coming back to the team after that. Right. Dude, people are worried about underperformers. Underperformers don't stay on my teams because of feedback loops there. Right. So as long as you have a process for identifying underperformers, then you should celebrate the rhythm that they have for their lives because they're gonna be better for you. I like that. What about the people that are more, a little
1: bit more distance from you, maybe in the, the more frontline production side they don't get to interact with you every single day
0: so what i do uh, is i do ceo office hours so i literally every week have at least a 60 minute meeting with five other people that are frontline i don't do senior leadership team i don't do executive leadership teams i do people that i may never interact with at all because i I have hundreds of people it's like and and it's fun for me because those calls and I tell them I say, I almost have to read like a disclosure, like everything I say is not meant as direction, because you know you get in trouble as a CEO. Yeah. Everything we say is heard through a megaphone or, or examined through a magnifying glass, right? right. So we got to be very careful. But I just tell them it's like, I'm here to support your dreams, personal, and professional. That call is hundred percent for those five people. And I answer whatever questions they have. They might be like, How do you, how do you do the business stuff and be a great dad? Awesome question. Let's dive into it right? How old are your kids? Yeah. So like, yeah. I try to show up with the energy that I would hope that they would have on me. And I don't, I don't worry. I don't feel guilty about it because at the end of the day, like what they don't see, dude, we think about our company 24. Oh my gosh. And they don't know. And, and they don't know, like, do you, but you, you know, owe them an explanation. No, nope. I, I don't think you do. We don't. Yeah. I mean, you know, what sucks is Gary V has been saying this for years. I've known him for 15 years and he's been saying it for 15 years and he's right you right. should not have any expectations of your team you should show up for them 100 percent, and just know that if you're operating from a place of like you know like the, the team will never understand nor should they right. how much i obsess around the opportunities that we have as a team like i think about them i read books i talk to my friends i hang out with you i fly to utah i do all this stuff right so that i can be better and and contribute to their goals and dreams and this might help some people is one of my beliefs, and, and this, is a, this is a non-negotiable, every one of my leaders have to know their direct reports, one in five-year goals, personal and professional. I like that. Has to know it. And I'll, I'll ask them, hey, Bob, on your team. What's his five-year goal? Personal, professional. Uh, you don't know Bob's five-year goal? You don't know what he wants to make in salary or his role or that he wants to bee farm in Portland? Like, I want to know that level of detail. Right. Because if you know that, then your communication should be that, like, what you're doing is going to support that. Right. And that's why for me, I know those, I write them down, they're in my phone. I want, I know all my direct reports, they're one year goals, personal, professional, and they're five years. Because what I've discovered is as a leader, my job is to create a vision that's big enough for everybody's dreams and goals to fit inside of. And to the degree that I can tie that to their day-to-day, then I have their own self-interest motivating them, not me having to motivate them. Right. And that is way more powerful than me going rah, 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 yeah, 100%. yeah, yeah, every day. I'm zero. I literally, am like, you're gonna be selfish because you're human, we all are. I'm just gonna tie your innate desire for your own life being better to the work you're doing to right. show you that if this, this, and this happens, that beef farm in Portland is gonna 100% happen. Right. And I'll do weird stuff. Like I'll, 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 I'll go out of my way to make a connection to be like. I, one of my sales guys wanted to get in real estate. I got him a real estate coach. I at least introduced him to the guy he paid right. for. It, but I'm like, I, I supported his goal. And all of a sudden, now he's like producing better because now he's got an engine that he knows the more income he makes, the more he gets selfishly to create his five year goal. Right. Game on. So like, right. I think that's like a really great way of not worrying about guilt because you're you're being so selfless in the sense that all I care about is your dreams and goals. And I'm just going to tell you how ours they yours fit inside of
1: right now. That, that is, that's, that's powerful. I hope people go listen to that like 10 times over because I'm going to, and, and there's so many things that, that can, can get lost. If you don't, if you're not intentional of getting to know or, or yeah, I mean, you're not getting intentional with your team and just trying to just be there and hang out and just whatever. Cause if, if you do that and you're not intentional, I don't yeah, do it the hangout. It does. That's what's crazy. Like, yeah.
0: I don't do the hangout. I don't do the um, after hour beers. I just yeah. me personally. But you're, I don't. But
1: you're inside your work. You're intentional. I mean, you have intentional crazy time, intentional. intentional. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Like because it's me. It's like one time. I mean, I, I had a, a a guy tell me like, hey, don't go to the events. Don't go to this. Don't go to that. Go. So I boom disconnected from everybody. Almost to an extreme. Like no, it wasn't extreme. Stop talking to everybody. Don't text me. Don't call me. Only go through the app. Like don't you can't touch me. And then I got another guy like, no, 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 you took a way out of context. Like, just don't go to those, but be intentional with your team and you can get to know them inside of work and, and, and do all that. And I'm like, okay, so now I'm, I'm constantly, you know, visiting or doing things that I can, I can try to get better. But I know for a fact, like right now, like telling you, I can get so much better with, with what you just told me. And so I'm very excited to, to implement that. Like, right, like today, like right now I'm going to go home. Like, so I I will ask like super quick, are those one-on-ones or are they five on the same, same meeting?
0: No, I, the one-on-ones to figure okay. out where their their one and five-year goals are. Those are one-on-ones. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And and they don't want to tell you. I make them call their number five years from now. What do you want to be making? Well, more. What's that number? Right. Right. And I love it. Like, they're like, I'm to be making 350K a year. Okay. You're in finance. You're making 80 today. I'm going to give you some, a formula to make 350. You got to make me 3.5. Right. So, so think about it. You don't need to know the answer now, but over the next five years, you gotta figure out how you're gonna show up in the company to create right. $3.5 million worth of value so I can give you three 350. Yeah, I like that. And they're like, oh shit, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably not an individual contributor, right. right? You're not gonna be doing the same thing. It means you're gonna have to have a team, it means you're gonna have to learn leadership, it Means so there's some skills. Yeah. But now it's on them to pull from us what they need to learn to become that person so that they don't ever feel if they ever ask for it, and I say no, see it's it's yeah. such a different dynamic it's like constant feedback right yeah and it's it's them pulling themselves forward not me having to motivate them forward i, love and that. I think that's um that to, again my definition more of culture is how does somebody operate in the absence of any direction by themselves right. in a room how do they operate it's right. not ping pong tables it's not all that stuff i see that, in the valley that's yeah it's when they're by themselves and there's a problem how would they operate. Right. And to the degree that you hope they would pull on the string in the same direction as everybody else. Cause that's really what great alignment is. Right. right? Um, that's culture. It, that's funny. So you,
1: I have never, so I, I say that I have never heard anybody else say that because everybody's like, what's culture. And I, it's like, what, what is it's when you're in grade school, you used to see this, like saying that was like this word. And then it's like what you're doing when no one's watching. What is that word? Yeah. Um,
0: um integrity, integrity. Yeah.
1: And I'm like, it's, it's almost that culture. What is your team doing when you're not watching? Yeah. Like that's, that's culture to me because if you're, if you're in alignment and you have great culture, you don't have to worry about that. But if you have bad culture and you don't care and everybody, it's like, it's like, like I, when I explain it, I'm like, it's like mobbing down the freeway and there's a spaghetti bowl, a little confusing, a little bit uncomfortable. Everybody's kind of going different direction. But when you come on the other side that you're, you're, you're like, okay, take a deep breath. That's it's like right. when you're going through the, you're, you're in the major city. And then like, like if you live in Utah, you're going through the major city, you hit pace in Utah or like Spanish fork. And then it goes into a two lane freeway. And then it's just all the way to St. George. Yeah, It's almost like, oh, I can relax. Cause I just drove, you know, from my house, a hundred miles through the city pretty much. And it, it's like that when in your company is you're going you know, you're cruising down, all of a sudden you get a little hiccup, especially when you're scaling. Now you're in the spaghetti bowl. Everybody's kind of going different directions, but you get them in alignment. Now you're not going to all go the same pace because you're different personalities in different roles, right? But you're all going down the same road. That's like a blissful culture. And that is when you can, you know, as a CEO, now, now you do the things that you're supposed to do. And, you know, with, with that, instead of just, causing, you know, worrying about the chaos, Great of chaos, the, of man. Of so, yeah. um, last thing I want to ask you, or I guess before I ask you my last question, where can people find you at? Where are you most active on socialize?
0: Yeah. The book buybackyourtime.com best place to go get it. It's available on all retailers online and stuff. But if you go to the site, then you can download all the worksheets. So like the book is very tactical and I wanted to include all that. Um, Instagram is my favorite behind the scenes. So I share my stories like my life and how I implement the buyback principle. And then I'm on all social platforms, just Dan at danmartel.com. And if anybody's listening, they want to message me, just hit me up on Instagram. So he's the best place, but that it. is me. Yeah.
1: Appreciate it, man. And, and seriously, this book, everybody really needs to buy it. It literally has changed the complete game for me of buying back my time and how I've grown the team scaled, scaled and what, and, and what I value, honestly, like it's, it's, it's just completely changed the game for me. Um, it, you know, if you're one of my friends, you listen to this, you've already read it. So I appreciate <laughs> it. And, and Dan appreciates the support. Dan, the last thing I want to ask you is, how do you define success? What's your definition of success?
0: I think, I think it's pretty simple. I'm a person of faith, and I think that every person is on Earth to become the best version of themselves. You know that you're created in the eyes of God, right? And then share that person with the world. I love that. And I think success is knowing that and right. doing that. Right. And I, I think that. that if people really listen what I just said and tried to wake up every day and say, how do I become better than me from yesterday? And how do I share that person with the world through my family, through my community, through my church and my CrossFit, I don't really care. You will discover a level of fulfillment that you may have never even known was possible.
1: Right. That's success. I love that. The ultimate goal is fulfillment, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's what it's all about. So Dan, Thank you so much for being on the show, My man. Pleasure, and man. All the way from, from Canada. We're, yeah, we're down here in St. George. Shout out to Easier Accounting. Yeah, for St. hosting George. us. Um, they're hosting us. We're actually in their, in their office right now um, doing this podcast, so it means a lot. And if you like this podcast, please like it. Please share it. If you think, you know, whatever you found useful, whatever you found in there, please, please share this. I want to keep spreading this and, and spreading this book around the world. Appreciate uh, again, you. Dan, thank you so much for being on the show.
0: Thanks, Jason. Cheers.
1: Thank you.